Hi, I'm Dave Perozic, Metro Editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, hosting this week's edition of the Know the News podcast, where this week we're going to talk about one of the biggest transportation-related developments in Northwest Arkansas history. That's right, I'm talking about the Bella Vista Bypass, which, after many, many years of discussion and planning and starts and stops and back and forth, is finally about to open to traffic. I have a couple of guests join me to chat about that today, and we'll get to that discussion in just a few minutes. But first, if you like this podcast and it comes to you every Friday, let me encourage you to subscribe to it by clicking on the button on your device right now. Got it? Good. Okay. All right. Secondly, I just want to say we have a great bunch of journalists here at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette who work hard every day each week to bring you the news that matters in your community. And I want to share just a few of the valuable things you can find in this weekend's editions. Our politics reporter, Doug Thompson, has a story on what some of our local legislators have to say about what areas they think the 3rd Congressional District should include. Legislators have been begun the process of redrawing the boundaries of Arkansas's congressional districts based on the latest census results, which has a lot of people wondering which district they'll end up in once the dust settles. Benton and Washington counties are both pretty firmly in this third congressional district and we expect they'll remain there, but we know the district's boundaries will have to change significantly. You can see Doug's story to learn more about that. The Benton County Fair is back starting Tuesday, September 28th. In past years, the fair has been held in the middle of August, but officials decided to move it to the end of September this year. That's not the only thing different about the 2021 fair. Benton County reporter Mike Jones will bring you the details on that. And if you don't know the name Ava May Masters, well, maybe you should. The 12-year-old from Centerton earned the prestigious title of USA National Miss Preteen this summer, and she's using her platform to promote inclusivity. Our education reporter, Mary Jordan, talked to Miss Masters and has that story for you this weekend. In this Sunday's What's Up section, check out Becca Martin-Brown's feature on Silver Dollar City's Harvest Festival, which runs through October 30th. And don't forget about all the good work our sports department does. This weekend, as usual, they'll have Friday night high school football coverage. Plus, you'll find coverage of this weekend's Walmart Northwest Arkansas LPGA Championship, presented by Procter & Gamble, a topic we featured on last week's you Know the News podcast. And of course, Razorback football. Check nwaonline.com and wholehogsports.com for the best coverage of the Razorbacks showdown with Texas A&M in Arlington, Texas on Saturday. Now, if you're like me, you like food, go to our website and check out our Let's Eat column. It's a weekly roundup of all the important developments in the local restaurant and food scene. This week, columnist Garrett Moore will tell you about a new Bentonville brewery that's opened, among other things. Now back to the subject I mentioned at the top of this program, the Bella Vista Bypass also known as the Interstate 49 Arkansas-Missouri Connector, is something that's been talked about for decades. Our reporter Ron Wood has a story this weekend detailing some of that history as well as the fact that a ribbon-cutting ceremony on the project is planned for 10 a.m. September 30th 
at the Arkansas-Missouri border. We, under, we understand the governors of both states will be in attendance. Um, and I have with me today two guests I think can lend some perspective on the significance of this uh, project, this event. First, let me introduce Tim Conklin, Assistant Director of the Northwest Arkansas Regional Planning Commission. Thanks for being with us, Tim. Uh, thank you for having me. In addition, I'm pleased to welcome uh, a former newspaper guy, Rob Smith, now with the Northwest Arkansas Council. Rob, uh, I believe you specialize in infrastructure and policy for the council. Is that right? Yep, you got it. Thank you for having me. Great. Glad to have you both. Um, so we reported earlier this year that uh, about 22,000 vehicles a day make their way through Bell Vista on US 71, or otherwise known as Bell Vista Way, making it one of the most congested areas in the region. Uh, the bypass will allow motors to circumvent Bell Vista to the west and south on a four lane interstate. Um, Rob, once upon a time, you used to work for the Democrat Gazette and many will recall you as the uh, gridlock guru columnist in which you answered readers' questions about, um, well, all kinds of things, roads, street signs, various problems motorists encountered. Um, do you recall writing much about Bell Vista's traffic and the, the, the hope for a bypass? Uh, ab absolutely. Um, I do. I did that column for, I don't know, seven or eight years, ran on Fridays, and it, and it really focused on answering um, largely emails that came, um, and I try to address what they, what they raised. Um, I can remember, uh, one I remember specifically was um, there, if you know, um, kind of the north end of Bentonville and where it meets Bella Vista um, on 71, um, there were Walgreens and Lowe's and McDonald's all are uh, all located. Um, I can remember specifically somebody talking about the tremendous backup in the early morning with school buses, you know, headed to Bentonville um, really before, I think it was before there was an elementary school, even in Bella Vista and those school buses would be, uh, they would back up for miles sometimes. And I, I think it was a real challenge for the school district to get to the places they wanted to take students, certainly the high school, the Bellavis doesn't have a high school. Um, but it, it was uh, certainly that, and I'm, I'm absolutely certain. And I heard this, uh, from a few people, um, you know, just getting to the home office of Walmart, or if you were someone who worked in Rogers, you know, you had to sort of plan on whether, um, you had to anticipate that trip might take, you know, 25 or 30 minutes when if, it, if you knew you could fly straight through, it might be 15, but you had to always assume the worst because you didn't quite know what you were going to encounter, especially in the mornings. Right. And so the, uh, the idea for this project goes back a long, long time. Um, Tim and Rob, can you, can, can you talk about just how long it's been and, and some of the history of this project? Um, Whoever wants to jump in first. Well, sure, I can uh, jump in. Uh, uh, back in 1991, uh, the Highway Commission passed a minute order to conduct a feasibility study to look at a uh, future route from Kansas City to Shreveport, Louisiana. And so 
we're at 2021 now, 30 years later, and next week finally uh, cutting the ribbon, uh, completing the interstate from the portion from I-40 down in Alma, Fort Smith, Van Buren area, which will complete it up to Kansas City. So it has been a long time with numerous uh, phases. Obviously, uh, those that were here in the 90s, uh, realized that I-49 did not connect down to I-40 with that opening in the, the late 90s. Uh, and so uh, very exciting to actually see this around 278-mile corridor finally being complete uh, as future interstate I-49. And uh, it was also designated as a priority number one by Congress as a future interstate. So it's it's something a long time in the works uh, to actually see this uh, corridor being complete. And uh, you mentioned 22,000 vehicles. Uh, that's around the Missouri-Arkansas state line. But over the last four years, there's been over 50,000 vehicles just north of the new interchange oh, wow. um, <clears throat> at I-49 and North Walton Boulevard. So uh, very congested area uh, in the top 20 most congested segments uh of our transportation network in northwest arkansas yeah uh and anything to add to that rob well i i was just going to say i mean the the thing that i find most interesting and, and honestly anybody listening can do this um, but uh if you were to google arkansas highway 471 which is you know a brief name that um I believe it was um, a, a name of a highway in Northwest Arkansas. If you Google that, there's actually a link to some old maps from the 1980s that show even that um, what they called the, you know, Fayetteville bypass. You know, it was a, they, it, the maps, the pictures of the Arkansas state maps show that even those roads, those highways kind of dead ended um, up at um, Bentonville and you had to take Walton Boulevard around through the city um, and so, you know, this, you know, coming together, this building of what was then, you know, US 71 and then became I 540 and is now I 49 since, I guess, since uh, 2012 in Missouri, but later than that in Arkansas. Um, I mean, it really demonstrates the incredible investment that's been made in the region, you know, by the state DOT into improving highways in a, in a super fast growing area. Tim, uh, can you help us, and Rob too, but I'll start with Tim, uh, help us put into perspective why, why is this such an important development for our region? Well, today, uh, the census numbers came out last month and were just the two county populations at 530,000 plus people. Um, Three Fortune 500 companies were blessed to have in the region. Uh, and when you think about it, this will be, we're in 2021 and we'll finally have a complete interstate and a rapidly growing, very dynamic uh, region of Northwest Arkansas. Um, uh, in 2012, Texas A&M Transportation Institute did a study just on the cost of congestion and it was estimated around $6 million a year of wasted time for the traveling public and freight just being caught in congestion on US-71. So obviously 
uh, having Interstate 49 ending in Pineville, Missouri, coming from the north, and Interstate 49 ending uh, at the north end of Bentonville and the front steps of Bella Vista was very challenging uh, to the region for people traveling uh, north-south and, and freight. So, uh, you know, overall, it's going to save people time. It's going to improve safety, reduce fatalities, serious injuries, and uh, be better for the environment. People will no longer be uh, stuck uh, during the peak hours on US-71 where we have two interstates uh, basically uh, going through US-71 that has uh, 10 traffic signals and doesn't function at all very well during the peak hour. Do we have any, I don't know if you know this, do we have any idea of what the traffic load is going to be initially on, on the bypass? So. Um, that should be, uh, we've, we have done some estimates. Um, uh, north of Pineville, you have 16 to 18,000 vehicles, uh, for example. Uh, near Bobby Hopper Tunnel to the south, you have around 20,000 vehicles a day. Um, currently, just on 549 or the future I-49 uh, between uh, the current end of I-49 uh, over to Highway 72, there's around 11,000 vehicles a day. Um, it'll be interesting to see once it opens on October 1st uh, to see how much traffic uh, will be taking that. I'm thinking anywhere additional 10 to 15,000 vehicles a day that we're going through uh, Bella Vista will now be using this, uh, if not more. So uh, once again, uh, this is part of the interstate system. We also have local traffic on it, but uh, when you look at how much traffic's going north and south between the Fort Smith region and northwest Arkansas and northwest Arkansas region up to Joplin, uh, we have a significant amount of uh, freight and vehicles traveling. So It'll be something that I'm certainly interested in seeing uh, the traffic shift coming uh, as soon as next week. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the 2012 study uh, by Texas A&M, um, but the the amount of money lost due to congestion, uh, I think 6.2 million was what the figure that was given at that time. I'm, I'm assuming that figure has only risen in the nine years since that came out. Um, and that's, could you explain? Yeah. Hey, thing? Tim, can I speak to that? Sure. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so by the way, the Northwest Arkansas Council did the, uh, they actually did, uh, uh, contracted for that study. And so Rob sure. is very familiar with it. Yeah, I can tell you more about that. And, you know, Tim is talking about a piece of a larger study. You know, the overall number was, I can't remember if it was 103 or $105 million a year that we were losing to congestion. And of course, the you know question is, you would never expect congestion loss to go to zero. So what should it reasonably be for a, a place like Northwest Arkansas that was, you know, approaching a half a million people at the time? And the answer was um, from uh, Tim Lomax and, um, and his team at, at, at the University at Texas A&M was that, you know, you'd expect it to be 50 million, 60 million, 65 million. So, you know, if we could really improve our situation with some of the 
uh, of the projects that came out of the half cent sales tax um, that was passed in 2012, um, you know, you, you would expect to see it push down towards 60, but of course never go to zero. Um, you know, the half cent that passed in 2012 built, uh, you know, a four mile segment of the Springdale Northern bypass. It certainly provided a lot of the funding to the Bella Vista bypass and it made it so that I-49 that we drive on now is six lanes instead of four lanes. So, I mean, I think it did um, provide some access, improve some times, but we've not gone back and, you know, measured again whether, you know, our losses are now less. I mean, the you know, a question for us will be, um, you know, we've continued to add motorists. So I, what we don't know is, you know, how much of the additional traffic has, you know, p- pushed toward keeping that number up, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would. I'd just like to add to what Rob has stated. Um, you refer back to the back in 2012 with the half cent sales tax. Um, without the voters of Arkansas passing that and providing funding for these projects, um, we would not be cutting a ribbon next week to open I-49. And so uh, transportation funding is just critical critical for state DOTs, critical for cities, counties, and uh, that half-cent sales tax, which went towards uh, completing segments of I-49, the Missouri-Arkansas connector, allowed us as a region to apply for a build grant in the amount of $25 million uh, in McDonald County for MoDOT to complete their portion. So, um, just wanted to uh, highlight that that uh, there was a time when Arkansas uh, had the money, but Missouri didn't. Then Missouri had the money, but Arkansas didn't. And so uh, back in 2018, the region came together and uh, had the opportunity uh, through a grant application to actually identify funding to apply for and allow MoDOT to complete their portion. So once again, uh, there are a lot of uh, pieces to the puzzle that allows us to have this open on October 1st of 2021. Hey, hey Dave, um, can I can I add to that? I'm sorry, Tim sure. asked me, then I add to you, and you don't get any questions asked. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but, but I do want to credit um, Regional Planning Commission um, you know, they had applied for an infra grant and, you know, that sought $32 million for this project and didn't get it. And honestly, it was Tom Cotton's office, Senator Cotton's office, who contacted us and, you know, encouraged uh, the pursuit of a bill grant. And we knew full well, I um, mean, you know, if you look at bill grants, there was a maximum of $25 million. So uh, we needed Missouri to step up and figure out how they could build a $32 million road which was the cost at the time for $25 million. Um, Cotton really pushed us to uh, work with regional planning to get that application submitted. Regional planning did fantastic. You know, the council actually worked in DC, uh, communicated with, you know, many people there. Um, Not only was it, you know, Tom Cotton, but Roy Blunt, Missouri, uh, John Bozeman in Arkansas, Steve Womack in Arkansas. We, We really found a lot of advocates. So, um, there was some some great uh, two state work that occurred on both sides of the state line that ultimately closed the deal. I guess you could say. 
And besides, uh, the taxpayers obviously agreeing to uh, pay for this. Um, who else do you think deserves credit for this project getting done? Anyone that we haven't mentioned? Jim, do you want oh. to go first? I can talk all day about this. <laughs> that was an, uh, 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 I will say that uh, 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 the reason regional planning did apply for the grant, uh, 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 both RDOT and MoDOT uh, had talked about what grants they would apply for, and this was not a grant that the two state DOTs wanted to apply for jointly. And so we had the opportunity to, as the MPO, to apply for it. And Jeff Hawkins actually uh, shared that, that the MPO was an eligible applicant. Getting back to who to thank, though, um, uh, we contacted the USDOT in Washington, D.C. and asked if it was even a possibility. And they said, sure, uh, our agency could apply, but you need the support of both RDOT and MoDOT on applying for that grant. So uh, I must say that both uh, the director of MoDOT, Patrick McKenna, and director of RDOT, Scott Bennett at the time, both were in very supportive of the Regional Planning Commission applying for that grant. So those two specifically, I would like to thank both state DOTs for supporting the grant an effort to see this funded uh, and now we're once again back to cutting the ribbon next week um, uh, i also like to thank rob because in 2017 we applied for what was an infra grant and he went out and got letters of support through our congressional delegation state representatives uh, cities counties and other supporters so i'll let rob <laughs> carry on with that yeah, I was going to say, and I, I, you know, we certainly gathered a ton of, I mean, I don't know, 40 letters, 45 letters of support from sometimes it was businesses, you know, it was, uh, you know, companies that, you know, drive trucks. It was chambers of commerce in both Arkansas and Missouri. Um, honestly, a person who works at the Joplin Chamber of Commerce was really good at connecting us with local governments and chambers of commerce. Um, the thing I like to say is we actually got one from, uh, if I remember right, it was Barton County Chamber of Commerce. And if you know where Barton County is, it's actually north of Joplin. So, I mean, it really did have a far reach. We got one from uh, Cherokee County in Kansas, which, you know, isn't really on the route, but they saw it as important to the larger, you know, regional area. Um, the McDonald County Commission, I mean, I could rattle them off, but it was everything from from north of Joplin to Cherokee County to um, you know, as far south as Fayetteville. And then it was really the companies. I mean, it were, there were, I don't know, 15 or 20 companies who provided some kind of uh, letters of support talking about how, you know, avoiding the nine, the 10 traffic lights through Bella Vista would be a, a hugely important for them. You know, these are, these are companies that drive trucks that move freight. And if you don't have to stop and consume fuel to restart and you can you can go past a community, you know, go past it all and not have to slow down and speed up. That's a huge savings to a company that uses trucks. And I mean, to me, that's that's a huge part of why the Bella Vista bypass matters. We haven't really um, talked about the scope of the project. It, it, how long 
What's the distance of the bypass? The uh, in Arkansas it was around fourteen miles. In Missouri, around five miles. So around nineteen miles total uh, to complete that missing segment of I forty nine. Okay. Um, you mentioned that truck traffic. Uh, I work in an office just outside of Bell Vista Way at the Benville Bell Vista line. So I'm quite familiar with the uh, amount of traffic and, and truck traffic that uses Bell Vista Way. Um, so uh, you think we're going to see a, a drastic reduction in truck traffic along there, you think? Well, uh, during the peak hour, we also did a uh, study, uh, congestion management study process uh, back in 2015. And during uh, peak hour, the speeds are around 20 miles an hour uh, going through that corridor um, versus an uninterrupted, fully controlled uh, interstate system that will be complete where you'll be able to go uh, 65, 70, uh, travel time savings uh, versus being stuck in traffic in Bella Vista. Uh, to answer your question, yes, I think uh, anybody hauling freight north out of our region up to uh, I-44, I-70, uh, I-35 uh, will stay on the interstate versus going through Bella Vista with 10 traffic signals. Um, uh, and I think the traveling public uh, that are heading out of our region north, or if you're north uh, or in Pineville, they'll be using uh, the interstate. Um, once again, I, I just seeing the interregional traffic between Joplin and Northwest Arkansas, and Northwest Arkansas and Alma and Fort Smith. You know, you're any, anywhere from once again. 16, 17,000 on the north and 20,000 on the south in between. Um, so unless you have a specific destination in the city of Ala Vista, I think you will stay on I-49. And uh, and if it's any indication to see 11,000 vehicles already on it between Highway 72 and Bentonville, uh, gives you an idea that uh, people are looking for other ways to get around in our region too. And I think once it opens up, you'll see a significant amount of traffic on it. Yeah. Hey, Dave, can I, can I offer another thought? Um, you know, uh, the bill of Vista bypass, the Missouri, Arkansas connect or whatever you want to call it, it, it really creates access to jobs for people in Southwest Missouri. You know, we have, we have literally thousands of jobs that are open in Northwest Arkansas. And when you have a quicker way to get to work and that's what this creates, um, it creates opportunity for people who live in McDonald, Newton, Jasper County. I mean, those there there's certainly access to new places. It better connects, uh, honestly, people who might want to work in Missouri, you know, who who find the right job there. So that becomes more reasonable. And then, um, you know, that that's huge. But I had a conversation with the folks at XNA just just this week where we talked about you know, the area, their catchment area where people fly from XNA and how, you know, how much they draw from Southwest Missouri, this only enhances that possibility. It, uh, you know, again, the people, it helps Arkansas because XNA wants to have as much traffic as it can um, because you attract more airlines that way, but it provides 
uh, an easier way to fly for people who live in Southwest Missouri. So, I mean, I think when you really kind of think about these sorts of things, you can't possibly express all of those, those um, benefits to a project like this. But I mean, those would be two examples that, you know, just kind of are front of mind for me. And it improves reliability too. As we all wake up and we're going somewhere, it's like, well, how long does it take from point A to point B? And you're always trying to calculate that in your mind. And uh, if you were going north uh, through Bella Vista, you were always questioning how long it takes to get through Bella Vista, especially during the congested parts. You know, with the interstate being complete and being a fully, you know, uninterrupted flow, you know, no traffic lights, fully separated grade intersections, interchanges, um, that's going to improve reliability for everybody uh, in the region, uh, uh, not just in northwest Arkansas, but up into uh, southwest Missouri. With the uh, with the bypass, um, do you? Of course, there are quite a bit of business along Bell Vista Way. Businesses. Um, any thoughts of you know how those businesses will be impacted um, by all this traffic missing them? Um, any any thoughts on that or? Do you think it'll have a You know, that's always a, I, I will say that's always a, a discussion, right? I mean, I've, I've, I'm from Joplin. I worked at Neosho and certainly as, as uh, what is now I-49 was built in Missouri, there was always that question of, well, what happens if they bypass my community? And that's sort of what we're talking about here. Um, what my time at Neosho, which again is, you know, 1990 or so, um, that was certainly some worry that, you know, they're going to bypass our town. The highway was going to be a couple of miles to the West. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it harmed it. I, in fact, if you look at Neosho today, uh, you know, they've grown out to the highway. I mean, yeah, it extends the town, but I don't think there were large consequences for the businesses. So, I mean, I think that's an example. Um, and I think that's ultimately the outcome. I think we're talking about a long-term issue here. Um, you know, in, in terms of what's best for the community, what's best for the traveler. That's the goal. The goal is to move people. That's the goal of a highway and to move freight. And um, I, I I think these things work themselves out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, and I agree with Rob. I mean, when, when you have over 50,000 vehicles a day on a four-lane road just north of the new interchange up there, um, you know, it's already congested with travel speeds, you know, at once again, 20 miles an hour during the peak, um, uh, getting the tractor trailers, the freight, staying on the interstate. So once again, we, you know, we call this the bypass, but we're building an interstate that connects uh, Arkansas to Missouri, connects I-40, I-44, I-35, I-70. And so uh, the idea of you know, doing nothing, I don't think it's really an option. And over the last 20 or 30 years of, of having uh, all that interstate traffic flowing through the city of Bella Vista. So I think, you know, if anything, this will help the city. It'll help the people that live in Bella Vista uh, move around. Uh, Rob mentioned earlier about uh, 
buses trying to get to school, people trying to get to work. Um, I think the quality of life improves for the residents of Bella Vista with the opening of I-49. Right. Well, <clears throat> is there anything else I haven't asked you about that uh, you want to mention? Anything? Any last thoughts? Well, well I'd just I, like to... Yeah, you, you go first, Tim. Okay. I'd just like to thank everybody in the region and, again, the state, two state DOTs for everybody working together. Uh, we are Northwest Arkansas. We don't have one large central city. Uh, uh, just by our geography and how our cities are laid out, it, is, it requires us to all work together on regional issues. And so uh, I think the Northwest Arkansas Council does a great job. I think the state DOTs working together do a good job in our cities and counties. So once again, uh, it takes everybody working together to implement and achieve, uh, you know, major infrastructure type projects like building I-49 in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, I just echo what Tim said. That's that's absolutely right. There are so many partners that made this come together. And um, congrats to the two DOTs on uh, knocking this one out um, after a really long slog, I guess you'd say. We're, as an organization, we're thrilled to see it um, complete. Um, it's been on our, you know, priority list for an awful long time. And, you know, congratulations to both states on, on finishing up, working together and all that. Well, are you looking forward to driving it? Or have you already, have you gotten a chance to tour it? Um, I have not had a chance to tour it. I've, I've looked at it over the winter, early spring, went up to Pineville and uh, uh, wanted to see for myself the progress, especially on the Missouri side, since it's kind of hard to see if you are driving into Missouri. And uh, uh, just very pleased that, once again, both state DOTs and the contractor, Emory Sap, uh, I think they've done a tremendous job uh, staying on schedule and delivering the project in the timeline that was initially set out. So, you know, it's, it, it's amazing with everything that as a nation we've had to deal with, with COVID and everything, that uh, here we are uh, next Thursday at 10 o'clock cutting a ribbon, and then the next day, uh, the interstate being complete uh, between Arkansas and Missouri. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, I um, really appreciate your time today, and, and it's been great talking to you both. Um, really glad that you could join me. And, um, uh, and we uh, look forward to Thursday. And the yes, well, thank you for having us, Dave. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey. Have a great weekend. You too. See you. That's going to do it for this week's Know the News podcast. I hope you'll check us out this weekend for all the stories I mentioned at the top of the program, plus all the other great stuff we bring you in the paper every day. You can find us at nwaonline.com in our Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette replica apps for both smartphone and tablet. Thanks to all of you subscribers out there Thanks for making it possible to tell your stories and keep you informed about your community. 
If you're not a subscriber, we hope you'll check us out. Just cl click the subscribe button at nwaonline.com or you can call us at 479-684-5509. Thank you for listening. Until next week, this is Dave Perosic signing off for Know the News. Take care.